Have you ever lost someone you loved? Someone who was such an important part of your life that losing them ripped everything out of you and left you as nothing but an empty husk? I have. Grief does things to a person. It can destroy them and the scars will never heal. Not really. Suddenly the world seems like a darker place. You wish you'd had more time and you cling to the memories of what time you did have. You wish that you could go back and have just one more minute with them. Just one. That's all you want. That was all I wanted. Abigail Swan believed that the world was a magical place. She'd been obsessed with mystery and seemed so certain that if she looked hard enough, she could pull back the veil and see the things that humanity was never meant to see. When I first asked her out, I did so before Halloween, and our first date was during a local ghost walk. Seeing how excited she was as we followed the group from place to place and listened to the horrific tales of pain and suffering that haunted our lonely city streets only made me fall deeper in love with her. She had the most wonderful, mischievous grin that made her dark eyes sparkle, and that night led to many others. Abandoned cabins, deserted theme parks, quiet forests. We visited them all together as we grew from a cute high school couple into young lovers, planning our future together. As time went by, we talked of marriage, mortgages, and even children. She wanted to get married in an abandoned church. Abigail was a force of nature, an unstoppable person who saw magic and beauty everywhere she went and she made me see it too. Maybe if I'd taken a different route that day, I'd still have her with me. Some local kids decided to mix booze in daddy's fast car. They ran a red light and they hit me on the passenger side before I could even react. The boys were fine. I spent two weeks in the hospital and Abigail, she didn't even make it that far. The months after her death were the hardest. My body might have healed, but it was the only thing that did. I felt her absence in every waking moment. I pored over her old photographs as mutual friends offered me empty condolences. I knew they meant well, but their support didn't change what I'd lost. They didn't cushion the pain that I felt. Nothing really could. I would have given anything to undo what had been done or to even have one more minute with Abigail. Anything. That's why I did it. It's why I played the mall game. I didn't know if it would work. And I knew that in the unlikely event that it did, I'd probably end up killing myself in the process. But given the state I was in and what it promised, I couldn't say no. Like I said before, grief does things to a person. It sends them to dark places. And in those places, there are often other things waiting. I'd first heard about the mall game through Abigail. It's not a well-known ritual. I'd never heard of anyone who'd completed it successfully. But with all the details out there, someone must have. Those who attempted it usually failed to even start it correctly. Although if you dig deep, you might find some rumors of people who tried to play it and disappeared. Supposedly, 
If you manage to beat the mall game, you'll be allowed access to another world. In there, you would have your choice of prizes, worldly possessions, riches, knowledge, and if you choose an opportunity to speak to the dead. The catch is you can only take one prize. And if you were to beat the mall game, you can never ever play it again. You have one chance to play and one chance to win. In order to even play the game, you must have recently lost someone close to you. Otherwise, it won't work. However, if you have, and you are still reeling from the grief, you need to visit any large indoor mall of your choosing. It doesn't matter where it is. It just needs to be a large indoor mall. A strip mall won't work. You need to enter first thing in the morning and make sure that you are the very first one to set foot inside the mall that day. Then you need to approach the nearest kiosk and ask the person working there. What time does the mall close today? Their answer is very important. If they do anything other than smile at you and say, stay and find out, then you have failed. However, if they smile and they say those words, then the game begins. My city has a very large mall near the highway that I knew would serve my purposes perfectly. I made sure to be there bright and early on a weekday when they might not be as busy in the morning. I thought it might be easier to be the first person inside that way. The mall opened at 10 in the morning, and when the doors were unlocked that day, I was inside before they'd even fully opened. The underpaid employee who I'd pushed past shot me a dirty look as I made a beeline for the nearest kiosk, a cell phone provider. Common sense told me that this wouldn't work. Even if the mall game was real, it was such a long shot that I'd actually trigger it. But if it was, if I had a chance to speak to Abigail one last time, I needed to take it. I needed to see her again. The kiosk sat just ahead of me, and the employee there looked over at me as I drew closer. They probably thought I was there to browse or buy. There was no way they'd have expected the question I asked. Excuse me, what time does the mall close? Their initial expression was one of surprise, and I felt my heart sink. I was so sure I'd failed at the first step. And then I saw their smile. Their eyes met mine, their gaze both knowing and mocking. Stay and find out. They replied. Their tone was almost condescending. Those four words sent a chill through me. For a moment, I wasn't sure I'd actually heard them correctly. The kiosk employee chuckled and turned away from me, leaving me standing dumbfounded by their counter. Finally, I pulled away as I realized that it had worked. I'd successfully begun the mall game. That knowledge filled me with both elation and a quiet dread. Elation because for the first time, I felt just the slightest spark of hope. Dread because I knew what would come next. The mall game is fundamentally a game of tag. By beginning it, you invite something else into the mall with you. Just what exactly it is, is up for debate. Most people just call it the hunter. Some people said that the hunter would look like any other mall patron, 
and they'd be difficult to pick out from a crowd. There would be subtle things to distinguish them, but it was never specified exactly what those things might be. What is agreed upon is that once the mall game has begun, you cannot exit the mall at any time because the hunter will continue to follow you if you do. The only way to get rid of it is to win the game, which is easier said than done. In order to win, you need to remain within the mall until it closes. You cannot be caught and you cannot leave. You must avoid the hunter until the hour before the mall closes and then you begin the next step of the game. The mall I was in closed at 9. That left me with about 10 hours until the game was finished. I knew that the hunter would be entering soon, and I had every intention of avoiding it when it came. I figured that I'd try a pragmatic approach. Obviously, the hunter was going to come straight for me. So why not find a place where I'd be able to see it coming? Somewhere open and central. The food court, for instance. I could feel nervous palpitations in my chest as I headed there, keeping a distance from any other shoppers I saw. No one that I passed stuck out to me in any noticeable way. They were just average people going about their business. The food court was more or less empty when I got there. Some of the restaurants weren't even open yet. The few that were didn't interest me. I doubted I'd be able to hold down any food I ate. My stomach churned too much, and I hadn't had much of an appetite in the past few weeks anyways. I found a table where I could look out on the rest of the mall, and I waited, drumming my fingers impatiently on the table as I watched strangers pass by. I figured that anyone traveling in a group was probably safe. Everything I'd read suggested that there would only be one hunter, so I waited for it. I don't think I waited long either. My fingers drummed anxiously on the table as I saw a pale, bald man in a suit walking slowly past the food court. I expected him to look at me, but he remained stoic and looked straight ahead before he disappeared from my sight. I spotted a young mother and her two children entering the food court. The kids looked at me, but they didn't seem all that threatening. I spotted a lonely old lady with a walker around the corner, but I didn't linger on her too long. My fingers kept drumming as I eyed a group of teenagers passing by and watched as they entered the food court. They were all pierced and dressed in black, although I noticed that one of them trailed behind the others. They looked at me, and as they did, I realized that the air around me felt a little colder than before. My eyes remained locked on the androgynous teenager who frowned before looking at their phone and jogging to catch up to their friends. I watched them for a moment longer before conceding that they weren't the hunter. Although that new chill in the air made me uneasy. The room seemed darker than before, and I looked over to the other side of the food court, hoping to catch sight of any newcomers before I noticed the old woman again. She weaved slowly through the tables as she approached me. Her serious eyes never left me, and that intense glare made me feel uneasy. She couldn't have been more than 10 feet away from me, and as she slowly came closer, I felt the room getting colder as the lights around me dimmed. Her very presence 
seemed to cast a shadow and suck all the warmth from the air around her. My every instinct told me to get up, but my body would not obey. As the old woman closed the distance between us, I could feel the world around me going dark. And in that dark, I saw her features begin to change. Where once an old woman had stood, now stood something else entirely. It lurched towards me, its skin clammy and gray, its eyes sunken and skeletal. And yet what was beneath that rotten skin was only barely human. I saw blistered lips curl into a grin as fresh pus dribbled from the sores. My nostrils were filled with an overwhelming stench of coppery blood as the hunter drew nearer. I'd foolishly come in believing that the mall game would be easy to play. I thought I could easily evade the hunter once it revealed itself to me. No doubt I hadn't been the first to think that. Running sounds simple in concept, but when faced with what hides behind the veil, your body doesn't respond. You sit there, like a deer in the headlights, watching it come for you, throat full of gnashing rotten teeth and the stink of rotting flesh wafting from its threshing maw. I knew in that moment why others had gone missing. Either they hadn't seen the hunter coming, or they'd been paralyzed with fear when they saw it, just like I was. I sat in that seat in the food court, pulled into whatever cold darkness the hunter had brought with it as it advanced on me. I knew that when it took me, no one would even notice. I would be dismissed as another disappearance, and I would be forgotten. In what I was sure would be my final moments, I pictured Abigail and hoped that maybe I might see her on the other side. I imagined her mischievous smile and her sweet laugh, a laugh I would have done anything to hear again. Even that game, with the hunter only feet away from me, skeletal hands reaching for my throat to snatch me and drag me into its mouth, I found the strength to move. At last I screamed and launched myself backwards off the chair. As I put some distance between myself and the hunter, I saw the world around me get brighter. A few strangers noticed me and looked over in my direction, but I paid them no mind. As I stumbled away from the hunter, I saw that it seemed more human. The further I got, the more it looked like a harmless old lady. The effect was similar to those images you see sometimes when you move and the image changes into something else. Lenticular painting, I think it's called. Yet even with its harmless disguise back up, I still knew what that creature really was. I suppose in a sense, my plan had worked. In fact, it had worked too well. I knew what was after me. I knew exactly what it was. And even once I'd turned to run, I could still smell the rotting flesh of the idiots who tried and failed to play the mall game before me. I must have looked like an idiot, taking off at top speed out of the food court and away from that harmless looking old lady, but I didn't care. No one else would have seen what I'd seen, and if they did, God help them. 
I looked back only once as I left the food court, and I saw the old lady several feet behind me. She'd moved faster than I'd expected, but I'd still put some distance between us. I rushed up one of the nearby escalators to the second floor, where I was sure I'd be safe for the time being. From the second floor, I watched the old lady following me towards the escalator. She kept a steady pace, and her gaze was always fixated directly on me. I looked back at her before turning to leave. I didn't run, but I kept a brisk pace, intending not to let her catch up to me again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first hour was only barely done. I had nine more to go. Part of me considered heading for the door of the mall, catching the bus, and heading home. But the warnings I'd read had been clear. Leaving the mall at any time would not get rid of the hunter. The game would end, and the hunter would continue to pursue me until it inevitably got me. No, to leave would be to die. Plain and simple. Judging by what I'd seen behind that harmless old lady facade, it would be a very painful death too. No, I wasn't going to leave. Not at all. Hiding was out of the question too. The hunter would know where I was immediately, so I'd only be wasting my time and possibly cornering myself as well. On the subject of cornering myself, going into any of the stores would probably also be a mistake. Mall stores generally only have one entrance that is also their exit. I didn't know how smart the hunter was, but if it happened to catch me in one of the smaller stores, all it would need to do is wait by the entrance for me to come out, and it would have me. A better strategy seemed to be to simply keep moving. The mall had a circuit to it that I could follow. I could move between the upstairs and downstairs, and it would allow me to stay ahead of the hunter. I'd just do laps around the mall for the day, until it was time to find a store and end the game. I could do that, right? For the first couple of hours, things went well. I kept a close eye on the hunter, who I kept at about a 30-foot distance. It followed me up and down escalators, keeping its steady pace as it pursued me. Its eyes never once left me. Despite its appearance as an old lady, I figured that it moved just about as quickly as I did. Despite how terrifying my first encounter with it had been, I caught myself feeling confident that I might just win this after all. By the time noon had rolled around, my confidence was starting to wane. I'm not exactly a health nut, but I consider myself at least somewhat in shape. Keeping a brisk pace to keep the hunter away from me, though, was far more trying than I'd expected. As I felt myself starting to tire, I made myself get further ahead in the vain hope that if I put some distance between myself and the hunter, I might just buy myself some time to rest. It didn't take long to leave her behind as I headed back towards the food court. I was hoping that I might grab a drink or something to keep myself ready to go. 
There were no rules in the ritual explicitly forbidding you from stopping to eat or drink at any point in time. I'd even heard some people encouraging you to eat or buy food during the game. There would be no opportunity to eat for some time once it was all over. I was on the second floor and was getting close to the escalator that led down towards the food court when I felt a familiar drop in the temperature around me. I paused and looked backwards, expecting to see the hunter behind me. But there was no one. The lights around me were starting to dim again, and I remained frozen, unsure of what was close to me. Was there something else nearby? A second hunter, perhaps? The descriptions I'd read hadn't said anything about that. And then from the corner of my eye, I saw her. I'm not sure when she got down to the lower level or when she'd caught up to me. But there she was, that same little old lady riding the escalator up to me. Her eyes were fixated on me like they always were. And I could see something shifting behind her human facade. I recoiled on instinct away from the escalator and I broke into a run putting some more distance between us. Not too much this time though. I didn't want to lose track of her again. I watched as she reached the top of the escalator and resumed her steady pursuit of me. I could hear my blood pounding in my ears and I could have sworn I saw a wry smile on her lips. Suddenly I wasn't very thirsty anymore. Over the next few hours, I kept moving. Whenever I got tired or wanted to stop, she was there. I learned very quickly that if I got too far ahead of her, she'd find a way to get close to me again. About five hours into the game, I saw her come out of a store in front of me when I was sure she'd been behind me. Not long after, I saw her coming straight for me when again, I'd last seen her 20 feet behind me. As the day went on, she became more and more aggressive. The mall itself began to feel wrong. I was sure I'd followed the circuit that led around the mall exclusively. However, every now and then, I'd find myself disoriented. Routes that had looped around last time seemed to end in doors out. Stores that I'd passed before began to pop up in the wrong places. Maybe it was just the exhaustion, or maybe it was something else entirely. Through it all, that damn old lady behind me kept up her brisk pace, and so did I. I made myself move just a little slower, choose my paths more deliberately. Near the end of it, my legs felt sore as if I'd been hiking all day. I was thirsty, hungry, and I was tired. Every little group of benches or chairs I passed looked so inviting that I considered resting for just a moment. I only actually tried it once. As soon as I'd sat down, I felt the air grow colder and I saw the lights around me growing dim. The first two times it had frightened me. This time it angered me. From the corner of my eye, I saw the hunter approaching and I growled in frustration. Something deep, primal, and angry in me made me want to lash out at it. A far more rational part of my mind told me to run. Despite my mind telling me to fight, I chose to run anyways. 
When I finally heard the announcement, I can't tell you how tired I was. Attention shoppers, a voice said over the intercom. The mall will be closing in one hour. I wasn't sure how much longer I'd be able to keep moving. It had been 10 hours at that point, but it felt like days. At the sound of the announcement, I looked back towards the hunter behind me. The old lady just continued her stoic march towards me, and I moved away from her with a renewed vigor. Just a little bit further, a little bit further, then I could rest. To win the mall game, you need to find a store, preferably a large one with a bed, although in theory, you could probably use any store. Once you get there, you'll need to tell an employee that you are invited. And no matter what they tell you, or how much they plead, you must answer their every question with yes. After that, they will take you to a safe place where you can sleep, and you can finally claim your prize. Thoughts of Abigail filled my mind as I made my way to a local department store. It was large, and I knew they sold mattresses. It seemed like the ideal place to go for the final part of the game. As I stepped inside, I looked back towards the hunter behind me. It had kept up its steady pace, and though I'd been told I wouldn't have to worry about it for much longer, I was still worried. They were still about 40 feet back by the time I entered the store, and with the last of my energy, I made myself jog over to a nearby customer service counter. The kid working there couldn't have been older than 16. He was tall and plain looking, with glasses and acne. He seemed a little annoyed that I'd come up to him. How can I help you? He asked. I am invited, I replied, my eyes meeting his and hoping desperately for a reaction. He stared back at me and frowned before he nodded. Okay, he said. His voice was softer now, understanding even. He left the desk and headed further into the store gesturing for me to follow. I looked back. The old lady had followed me inside and still tailed me, although she seemed slower than before. She seemed to be watching me instead of hunting me now. I let the young man lead me to the bedding department where several mattresses waited. He stopped in front of one of them and looked back over at me. His expression was dour and uncertain. Are you sure about this? He asked. If you accept, you may not like what you find. Yes, I replied. I kept my tone even. The kid didn't seem to like that. I don't, I don't think you understand, he said with more urgency. Look, look, you, you won. That's obvious. Why don't you take the win and go? I really don't think this is worth it. Are you really going to accept the invitation? Yes, I replied again, and I saw frustration rising in the boy's eyes. Why? What could be so important that you'd actually accept? Do you actually know how much danger you're in? Are, are, are you stupid? Suicidal? What? 
If you do this, you may not come back anyways. Those prizes have a price, and one day it must be paid back. Are you really going to accept the invitation? Yes, I replied again, as I saw the boy's frustration turn into rage. I wasn't offended by it. This was all part of what needed to be done. A final test of resolve before I could claim my prize. It was trivial compared to what I'd already been through. Go to hell. I hope you get ripped apart. What do you think is so important that you'd go this far? Money? Knowledge? Something else? It's not worth it. His expression hardened. Abigail is dead, Michael. The fact that he said my name sent a chill through me, and he knew he'd caught me off guard. Oh yeah, I know who you are, Michael Warren. And I know you're wasting your time. Why would you torture yourself by going down to see her? What do you think she'll say? Is this worth it, dipshit? Huh? Is it? Are you going to accept the invitation? Yes. Screw you. Angry tears began to stream down the kid's face. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Don't. You don't need to throw your life away. I'm telling you, you're gonna die if you accept. He grabbed me by the shoulders, his tearful eyes meeting mine. I stared back without emotion. This too was just part of the test, and when all was said and done, the kid probably wouldn't even remember a word he'd said. Are you going to accept the invitation? He asked one last time. Yes, I said. He looked into my eyes, tears still flowing, before wiping them away. Fine, the kid spat. Fine, fine, do what you must. With that, he pulled away from me and took off. From the corner of my eye, I saw the old lady standing there. She was close enough where I should have felt a drop in temperature. But instead, she just stood still and watched me calmly. Her expression was stoic and impossible to read. I stared back at her, and she let out a huff of approval. Huh. Decently played, I suppose. She said. Her voice was deeper than an old lady should have been. There was a coldness to it. I didn't reply. I didn't know how to, and I suspect I didn't need to. Without a further word, the thing that looked like an old lady turned and walked away from me. I was alone with the bed, and there was only one thing left to do. My body was exhausted from the day. The bed was soft and welcoming when I lay down on it, and as the mall closed, I shut my eyes and drifted off into a dreamless sleep.
When I awoke, the world was quiet. The lights were off, but I could see a pinkish twilight shining through the windows of the department store. As I sat up and got out of bed, I noticed a stale smell in the air. I knew that it had worked. I was in the other world. I made note of the bed I'd been in before, before I approached the door into the department store. I didn't dare open it. Leaving the mall while in the other world would prevent me from ever returning home. I saw a few idle cars waiting in the parking lot and on the street beyond them. I thought I saw glimpses of dark figures moving about. I didn't try to look too closely at them. The sky above looked to be an ominous pink. I stared up at it and felt as if it was staring back into me before I pulled away from the door and headed back towards the interior of the mall itself. The whole place seemed to be in a state of disrepair. Broken glass and debris littered the floor. Food I passed in some of the aisles was spoiled and silence enveloped the place like a cloud. I could hear my footsteps echoing off the walls as I walked through the hallways of the mall and looked for a pathway down to the treasure I so desperately sought. It didn't take me long to find it. Over the past several hours, I had become very familiar with the layout of the mall. It was easy to tell when something was out of place and the stairway on the ground level that inexplicably led downwards was certainly out of place. I approached it slowly, and I could see a dim red light shining from down below. It pulsated like a heartbeat. I began my descent, unconsciously holding my breath as I did. My footsteps echoed off the marble floor beneath me as I set my foot down into the lower level. I'm not sure exactly what I expected to see down there. Another mall level, wasn't it? In fact, what I found there seemed mundane compared to what I was expecting. I could see countless storefronts, most of them recognizable. The only catch was that they were empty. Neon signs and posters advertised video games and movies. I spotted what looked like some sort of kitty ride in one corner and some sort of massage parlor in the other. This was what I'd come so far for? No. No, not quite. The accounts I'd read of the mall game said that there were a few different prizes one could choose. The first was worldly possessions, and everything I saw certainly seemed to fit that bill. While there were things that tempted me, shallow things like games, rides, and movies weren't what I'd come so far for. These prizes have a price, the kid had said before I'd slept. No doubt if I touched anything, I'd need to give it back at some point. I looked straight ahead and began to walk again. In the distance, I could see another staircase leading down, and I jogged towards it before I began to descend again. The next floor was more drastically different. This one barely resembled the mall I'd been through. The layout was the same, but the storefronts were gone. In their place were alcoves filled with things that made me pause. Great golden statues with jeweled bodies watched me like silent shopkeepers. 
I saw golden coins and ingots scattered about and piled up in amongst the nooks where the stores once were. Jewels as large as my head were dotted amongst the gold. Emeralds, rubies, sapphires, even diamonds. Just one would be enough to see me set for life, and I caught myself approaching one of them before stopping. I didn't let myself lay a hand on anything there. Like the kids said, there was a price, and as wonderful as those treasures were, I suspected it would be higher than I'd care to pay. Besides, this treasure, marvelous as it was, wasn't what I'd come for. If I took anything, I wouldn't be able to go deeper. I wouldn't be able to see Abigail again. It took more restraint than I'd expected to pull myself away from some of the treasures I saw and look straight ahead again. Sure enough, I could see another stairway in the distance, and I made myself go to it. I wanted to take one final glance at the treasures behind me, but I didn't let myself. I just made myself go down the next set of stairs. The fourth level was truly massive, larger than it should have been at a glance. It bore no resemblance to the mall above me and barely resembled any library that I'd ever seen. Massive shelves jam-packed with books seemed to span onwards into infinity. As I passed them, I skimmed some of their titles and many of them gave me pause. They promised secrets, truths about the universe that anyone would want to know. Are we alone? Why were we made? How did the universe begin? How will it end? If I were a weaker man, I would have given in to the temptation, but I'd already come so far. I could stand to go a little further. As before, there was one final set of stairs up ahead, and I knew what was waiting for me beyond them. I tore my gaze away from the books as I approached the stairs and began my final descent. And there, there, I found myself on a city street. The street was a familiar one I'd seen before. It stretched onwards into the night, and when I looked up, I could see the stars above me. When I looked back, I could see stars. This place made no sense, but after all I'd gone through, I can't say it surprised me much. The street looked just as it had on that Halloween night several years ago, the night that Abigail and I had taken that ghost walk around town, our very first date. There must be someone very important to you if you've come all this way, a voice said, and I turned to address it. The old woman who'd hunted me through the mall stood patiently before me. Her expression seemed a little softer than before. Yes, I said. Yes, she is very important. The old woman cracked a knowing smile. Very well then, I'll leave you to it. But know that of each reward here, you may only have one.
one luxury, one treasure, one secret, and one more hour of time with she who you've lost. My heart sank for a moment, but I nodded. I understand, I said. The old woman nodded back at me before she took off down the street. I watched her go. I didn't realize I'd been holding my breath until I heard her voice. Mikey? She was behind me. I knew that voice. I knew her. Slowly, I turned to face her, and when I saw her standing on the sidewalk, dressed as she'd been the day she died, I broke. Tears filled my eyes as I ran to her, and I scooped her up in my arms, holding her so tightly that I was sure I'd never let her go. I felt Abigail's arms close around me in turn, and in that moment, I knew I was home. I looked up at her, and I cupped her cheeks as I kissed her. Mikey, what are you doing here? Did you… No, you're not… I'm alive, I promised her. I… I played the mall game, and, and I won. I get to see you again. I saw her eyes widen for a moment. Disbelief, fear, and finally excitement crossed her face and culminated in that smile I loved so dearly. That smile made everything worth it. You actually played the mall game? She asked. Oh my god, you dumbass. You really did, didn't you? I really did, I said. I had to see you one more time. I… I had to say goodbye. She caressed my cheek, her smile fading slightly. She didn't speak. She didn't need to. I could see the tears welling up before she kissed me one last time. We talked. For one last time, she and I sat at the place where we'd began, and we talked. Maybe it wasn't much, but it was enough for me. I told her I loved her. I told her I was sorry. I told her that I didn't know what I'd do without her. And as I spoke, as I cried, she held me close. You're gonna be okay. She promised me. Death is scary, but it's peaceful too. I'm okay. You don't need to worry about me. So just worry about you. Alright, Mikey? She brushed my hair from my eyes. I know it's gonna be hard, but when you get back up there, keep going. You've still got a life to live. Don't waste it. I'll be down here when you're done. I promise. I almost laughed at that. She giggled a little bit too. I… I just don't think my life will ever be the same without you, I said. She shrugged. Who says that's a bad thing? Look, I… I know we didn't get to do everything we wanted to while I was up there, but that doesn't mean you should give up on it. It's okay if you need some time, but when you're ready, 
Find someone. You deserve to be happy, Mikey, and I don't want you lingering on me. Like I said, I'll be here. And when we see each other again, I want to hear all about the things you did. Go out and live your life. Do it for me. Her cold hand closed over mine. I squeezed it affectionately. All right, I promised. When I'm ready, I will. She kissed my cheek as she wrapped her other arm around me, and we cuddled close as our time ran out. In the distance, a clock chimed, and I looked up. Our hour had passed, and we both knew it. Abigail let go of my hand and stood up. You should go. I'll see you soon, I guess. Hopefully not too soon. She forced a smile, and I did the same. Hopefully, I replied. Take care of yourself, okay? I always do. You too, Mikey. You too. She walked me to the stairwell. I gave her one last parting look, and she offered me a reassuring smile before she let go of my hand. Part of me wanted to beg her to come with me, but I knew it wasn't possible. There was no undoing what was done. All I could do was live with it. I began to ascend the stairs, tears still in my eyes. At the top, I found the first floor of the mall, not the library. I looked back down towards the stairs, only to see that they were gone. There was only a plain tile floor behind me. Tears streamed down my cheeks, but I still found it in myself to smile. Whatever price I'd have to pay one day, it would be worth it. For that one moment I'd gotten, it wasn't enough. It would never be enough. But it was better than what I'd had. I returned to the department store, where the bed waited for me, and lay down once more. I wiped the tears away one last time, before I drifted back off to sleep. When I awoke again, the mall was opening for the next day. As the doors unlocked, I stepped out of them and looked up into a familiar blue sky. The cool air was crisp in my lungs as I walked away from the mall. My grief still felt heavy in my soul, but the burden felt a little lighter. As I left the mall behind, I walked towards an uncertain future. I didn't know what lie ahead of me, but for the first time since Abigail died, I felt hopeful, and I knew that one day I would be alright again. <laughs>